0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, welcome, guests and visitor- visitors. No, uh, my Welcome to church this morning as we continue our series. A little bit of wisdom this morning. Uh, I've entitled our message "Making Sense of Money." A bit of a poor dad joke, right there. But uh, making sense. Of money this morning. And, and the heart of this morning is to explore the financial wisdom that we find specifically in the book of Proverbs, but right throughout the Bible, there is a lot to be said about money. Um, having been in church for the last 20 years, kind of working with people and uh, the, the, the greatest challenge that we seem to come up against, the greatest thing that undoes people, breaks relationships apart. Very often it's money somewhere in the middle of it. People not having enough money, people doing unwise things with their money, people struggling with money. How many people like money? How many people like some more money? How many people have enough money? Some, some do, but maybe some don't. And uh, the reality is we all trade in money, most of us will, so therefore money is valuable to us. Um, Jesus spoke a lot about money and possessions. It was something that was hot on his topics. And so he would often talk about money. But right throughout Proverbs, we also see uh, advice given or wisdom given for our dealing with money. A uh, quick disclaimer, I am no financial expert. We have a, 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 an amazing people within this place, and uh, you can find incredible services that can help you with your budgeting and your planning. We've got an incredible service with CAP, Christians Against Poverty, and I'll tell you a little bit more about a course that uh, we'll be doing later on this year, uh, But what I do know is that the Bible is very clear on some principles around money. And so I want to share a few of these proverbs and uh, some financial wisdom that will help us. Because I believe that financial wisdom can lead to financial freedom. If we exercise financial wisdom, it can lead to financial freedom. I don't know about you, but how good would it be if we had enough to live off? But not just enough to live off, but enough to invest into the future generations but not enough just to invest into our own future generations. What if we could invest and sow seed into kingdom projects that are far greater than we could ever, we could ever see on our own lifetime? Wouldn't it be great to be in that place where every dollar we knew was counting for something? And so I want to share some practical steps this morning. We're going to get a little bit practical in church this morning. The first thought, downgrade your dependence on debt. Let's get straight into it. Downgrade your dependence on debt. Uh, I've got three children. Um, so, you know, they, they just seem to have lots of needs, right? Yeah. They also seem to have more money than me. <laughs> B- between pocket money and birthday money and Christmas money, they seem to just have money in their wallet. Um, maybe it's because most of our transactions are online. And, 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 but, but often I'm going to my kids for a loan, so it was Mufti Day the other day, and I had no cash. You know, I got money in the bank account, but no cash on me. And so I said to Josiah, I said, Josiah, can I borrow money to pay for your Mufti Day? I know there's something wrong with that, but can I borrow money from you to pay for something that you should probably be paying for yourself? He said, that's fine, Dad, but you owe me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't owe you. I own you. You know, you know Come on. Who's paying for the house? Who's paying for the food? Who's paying for your football boots and your fees? Come on, I don't owe you. I, I kind of own you. And Amy's like, no, we'll pay you back. It's fine. So yeah. <laughs> come on, Need dads and mums, right? Anyway, let's talk about debt for a second. Proverbs 22, 26 to 27. Do not be one who shakes hands and pledge or puts up security for debts. If you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you we pray this morning, Father, we, we need your wisdom when it comes to finances. God, everything we have is yours, but Lord, we're not always wise with it. God, I pray that today, Lord, many of us will just get a fresh revelation and understanding of how you see finance and uh, maybe some adjustments that we can make. Lord, even just one tweak to our budget or, or even getting a budget, God, might make all the difference to be able to find financial freedom through incredible financial wisdom. Be with us this morning, we pray. Amen. Maybe your bed has been snatched out from under you. Maybe your experience has been one of having a debt that was too great and what you had was repossessed. Pretty horrible feeling to experience that. Now, all debt isn't bad, but this is the bad debt. Let me tell you the bad debt. Stuff you don't need. If you're in debt for stuff you don't need, that's bad. Debt you will struggle to repay. That's bad debt. Debt to buy stuff beyond your stage in life. That's bad debt. Debt to buy things you otherwise couldn't afford and could live without. That's bad debt. See a mindset that pushes us into a place of debt is one that says, I deserve this. You know, I deserve this. I've worked hard, I I, I deserve having this, and so therefore I'll go get myself a loan and I will go and have this thing that I deserve. I've worked so hard, I'm worth it. I deserve this nice, unnecessary thing, or car, or holiday, or fashion accessory, because I deserve it, right? The question is not, do I deserve it? The question is, can I afford it? Because if we're trying to get money for something we actually don't need, then that's not wise. As a young married couple, Amy and I, um, we were starting out trying trying to build a home together, and Um, We were blessed to be able to get into a home quite early on. But we wanted to fill our home with some things. And so we were offered a second-hand TV, but we didn't want the second-hand TV. We wanted the flash 25-inch CRT that weighs about half the size of a small car. (laughs) And so we wanted this flash TV, and this company said, we will give you the TV. You just give us $50, and you won't have to pay anything. For the first 12 months, I'm like, that's a deal. Too good to be missed. Why aren't more people buying into this? They were, apparently. And they said, you don't have to pay anything for 12 whole months. I'm like, that's easy. We'll be able to pay it off by the time that 12 months comes around. Guess what? That 12 months came around really quick. And all of a sudden, we now have to pay interest, on this TV that we own, but we don't really own. And now we were living beyond our means because we didn't have a plan in place in order to be able to pay this off. See, unfortunately, many of us are living or trying to live tomorrow's life today. So the life that we want tomorrow, we're trying to live it today, and we can't afford it. And finance companies, they love to give us money. We all have debt don't we? All of us have debt. It's necessary, right? It's important. You know, just get a little bit of ex- extra finance, no problem at all. And then they charge you ridiculous amounts of interest for the pleasure of having their money. They are banking on our inability to repay the debt. Proverbs 22, seven: the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Let's not be in slavery to the lender. Let's make a choice to make good decisions about downgrading our debt. You know, a couple of years ago, Amy and I um, so when we moved up here, we built a new home and uh, we could afford the home, but it was right at the very edge of what we could afford. And there were some things that we wanted to do with our kids, even just basic lessons and um, treatment for teeth and all that kind of stuff. It gets expensive raising kids, and we realized that it was above what we could really afford. So we actually sold this new home. It was, it was hard to do, but it was the right decision to do. We downgraded our mortgage quite considerably. And now financially, we are in such a, a happier and healthier place because we're not wondering where every little dollar's going to come from because we, we could kind of do without that. And sometimes we've actually got to take a, take a serious look at our money and say, do I need everything that I have or can I actually downgrade these things in order to be in a better position. I'm not saying a new house is wrong. Of course not. It's fantastic. I think it's great. But if, if if it's pushing us or anything, pushing us beyond what we can afford, it's not great. First step to financial wisdom is to downgrade your dependence on debt. And some homework, go away, talk about it. If you're, if you're on your own, uh, maybe get a friend around you, help you with this. Couples, talk about it. Look at your debt. Review your debt and get a plan to downgrade it. Do whatever you can to get out of debt. If you've got high purchase, if if you've got afterpay, if you've got these kind of things, do whatever you can to get out of debt so that you are not in slavery to the lender. Maybe it's no Netflix. Get rid of Netflix or or Spotify or or don't eat takeout for a year. Do whatever you got to do to get out of debt so that you are not relying on somebody else. Don't make the decision to receive money that's not yours. Now, the difference, I believe, is investing in a home. There's Often a the mortgage is the, the, the only way you can own a home, and it truly is an investment into the future. And I, I, you know, if you can, do what you can to own a home. But don't load yourself up with debt of other kinds. Second thing this morning, know where your money is going. Do you know where your money is going? Now, some of you are going, yep. Sorted, some of us aren't so sure where our money is going. Do you know where your money is? How many would know the condition of our finances? How much are you spending? Do you have money that goes into savings? Let's be careful we don't spiritualize it. I've heard people say, I'm I'm just trusting God for breakthrough. I'm unwise with my money, but I'm trusting God for breakthrough. God will give breakthrough to those who are financially good stewards with their money. He's not going to invest in foolish behavior, is he? But he's going to invest in those that are following good kingdom principle. God's going to give me a house. That might be true. But are you saving for a deposit for that house? Or are you spending every dollar that comes in and enjoying the lifestyle today to then never be able to afford that house? God's actually given us tools of wisdom, which includes knowing where our money is. This is what Proverbs 21.5 says, good planning And hard work leads to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Maybe God's waiting for us to make a plan, to align our plan with His plan. To say, actually, I'm going to take a really good look at my finances today and set a plan so that I can get to that place of financial freedom. Proverbs 27, 23 to 24. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds, for riches don't last forever. And the crown might not be passed to the next generation. Financial wisdom says I have to have a plan. What is my current financial condition? What's coming in? What's going out? Do I have a budget? Come on. Do I have a budget? Do you have a budget? Do you know what's coming in and what's going out? Do you you know what what every dollar is, is, is accounted for? Proverbs 6, 6-8, to take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones, learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. In other words, it's wise to build up savings. In our budget, we, we put money aside every week for the things that come maybe once a year. All of a sudden, the warrant of fitness is required or the registration for the car and and we look at our finance and go, we have no money for it. Well, actually we do because we've put money aside every week knowing that one day, somewhere in the year, that bill's coming and it's already in an account ready to be paid. What about that emergency that all of a sudden you just need that dishwasher or, or the, the washing machine breaks down? Do you have something in reserve for that? Or does that then put you in a place where you have to go and borrow somebody else's money in order to... Get what you need. Very somber this morning, isn't it? You guys are enjoying this, I can tell. You want some homework? Go and look at your money. Look at your money. Look at your budget. You're saying, I don't have a budget. I suggest you get one. Make one. Some amazing services out there. We're going to be running our Cap Money course, Christians Against Poverty. Uh, They have an amazing program called uh, Cap Money. Uh, Amy and I, we did it about nine years ago. And most weeks, I would open up that budget online, look at it, make some adjustments as income changes and expenditure changes. You know those bills, they say there's a 2.5% increase coming and it'll be starting next month. Yeah, you've got to go in. You've got to adjust that in your budget. Don't get caught out by those little increases. We've always got to be planning, looking at our finances so that we can account for the dollars that are coming in. As the band come this morning, it's just a short message this morning. The third thought is we sow to grow. We've got to sow to grow. You know, there are some principles in the Bible that you just can't get away with. Away from. (laughs) Sorry, away with. Away from. (laughs) There are some principles you can't get away with too. (laughs) Some principles you can't get away from. One of them is sowing in order to grow. Jesus talked about this, about the farmer who went out and sowed some seed. Often, Jesus would use farming analogies. Now, years and years ago, um, I I would say I hated gardening. You know, my perfect garden would be a concrete block. You know, just, just, you know, no grass. Some of you are into that. But actually, since we moved into our new home, we've got a beautiful place. It's an older home. But it's got these beautiful gardens with fruit trees, it's got amazing soil that uh, the gardener uh, who used to be in before us, he, he, he loved gardening, tended to the roses, it's got these beautiful rose bushes. And, and actually, I was out mowing the lawns the other day and starting to get a little bit excited about what I was going to plant when the w- weather warms up a little bit. And what are we going to eat? What are we going to eat over the spring and over the summer? I'm starting to get quite excited about it but I realized that actually I've got to plant something. I can't go, wow, can't wait for the crop and not plant anything. Come on, farmers, they have to invest some of their crop in order to see a, produce, see a harvest produced later on. This is a great thing about sowing is you sow, but you reap so much more. And we need to have this attitude that says, I am prepared to sow in order to grow. As a follower of Jesus, uh, our family, our decision, and, and, and many people here in this place have made the decision that we would return to God our first and our best. The Bible talks about it. It's a tithe, a 10% of our income. We, we choose to, to tithe off our gross uh, because we believe that God should get the 10% even before the tax company gets it. Appreciate the tax. Wonderful. Needed for our... But God gets my, my first. But this isn't giving for me. This is obedience and returning to Him. Because there's something that goes beyond just returning to God the tithe and giving Him what is His. Everything in the world is is the Lord's. Everything we have is His. and So we return our tithe to Him. But there's something that happens beyond our tithe. This amazing, exhilarating thing called giving. The ability to sow, into something or someone to see something grow beyond what we could ever imagine. But let me say the blessed life and the ability to do this can only happen if we're truly living the blessed life. Robert Morris, I've shared it before and I'll keep sharing it because I haven't found better wisdom than this. He said, the blessed life walks on two legs, extreme stewardship and extreme generosity. Meaning we want to be generous people. We want to be so generous that we can pour out what we have for others. But I can't pour out what I don't have. So in order to give, I've got to take care of what I already have. So I've got to be a good steward with what God has trusted me with so that I can give, so that I can sow. I remember once at a conference, Amy and I, we gave on our credit card. Foolish thing. We gave something we wanted to give in our hearts. We wanted to give, but we did not have the money to give. And so we put ourselves in debt, sowing into something. We went beyond our means, and we couldn't afford to do that. Please don't do that. And don't ever feel the obligation to do that in order to please God. So, you know, we might need to get our our finances back in order before we get to sow again. Got to get ourselves out of debt so that we can then get into that place of sowing. Proverbs eleven twenty four: 24, give freely, become more wealthy, be stingy, and lose everything. If you want to give, I have to save in order to give. How do we start sowing? Well, as we've talked about this morning, we've got to downgrade our dependence on debt. We've got to know where our money's going your financially foolish mindset would say, once I have enough, then I'll honor God. But the financially wise would know that in order to live in abundance, we must first honor God. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. And, And like I said, maybe at the moment you can't return to God your tithe. Maybe financially you are in debt. You know, things are, things are really tough for you and you've just overcapitalized and you've spent money you shouldn't have spent and you're finding yourself actually in debt can I encourage you get out of debt do whatever you can put your hand up and say I need some help look at somebody in the church that maybe they're running a successful business maybe they've got their finances in order would you would you say to them hey I need your help I am so confident that they will say no problem let's meet Let's catch up. Let's talk. There is wisdom in this place that is available to you. If you'll be brave enough and courageous enough and humble yourself to say, I need some help in this area. Generosity, giving, tithing, supporting the poor, it's a massive part of financial freedom. And as we honor God first, we find ourselves with this extra. See, so we have our tithe in our budget. Which we, it's never in question. In our married life, never once, even in the most difficult times financially, never once have we thought, oh, well, let's use our tithe in order to. No, no, we, that is set apart for God. We'll sacrifice something else before we sacrifice that. But we also have now put in our budget the ability to, to give into other things, sponsoring children, we've got uh, building projects that come up in church. Or building offerings, you know, missions offerings. That's budgeted in because those come around and if you haven't budgeted for it, you can't give to it, right? So we've got to be continually looking in our budget to see where we can sow. I mentioned earlier, we're, we're invested in a, uh, a series of children's books. Part of our downgrading, our mortgage was so that we could invest in this children's book series. And we're, we're two books in. Uh, the third book has arrived in New Zealand. We're we're waiting for that to clear customs, and we've, we've got about three more pages uh, on the fourth book to complete our our book series. And you know what? That was a that was a sewing of our part. We worked out how much we could afford to invest into this, and if we got nothing back, we could still afford. Fortunately, it's it seems to be paying its way so far. Praise God. But the opportunity that we've been able to sow into this, this business and this, this opportunity, these books. Just last week, I got a call or an email from Duffy Books. They, they go into schools and they, they, they provide books for, for kids to read and encouraging children to read. And uh, and they've invited me to be one of their ambassadors to go into the northern schools and, and, and basically go in and, and, and take the gospel. So good. They don't realize I'm taking the gospel and it's but I'm going in there anyway saying you were created to make a difference. You're created to do what you're born to do. You know, and, and that part of that investment was for that opportunity, for the thousands of kids that hopefully we've given away a couple of thousand books already. And, and a number of people here said, come on, let's give some more books away. And we're able to finance some of that. Such an incredible opportunity. We've got 5,000 of this, this next book that's coming and it is creation. It's sin, salvation, and I'm so excited about giving this book away to as many kids as we can. Right at the back of the book, there's a, there's a prayer that children can pray, surrendering their life to God, to a loving Heavenly Father, and giving their life to Christ. 5,000 of those going out into our schools. I reckon that could be a bit of a blessing. But you know what? When we, when we gave the call for dinner at Elam um, about four or five months ago, we had an overwhelming response. Church, this is a generous church. This is a church that believes in our community. And our heart is to reach and serve and influence our community with the love of Jesus. And we can tell that because of the way you gave. I had the privilege of sitting down with New Zealand police and Plunkett just this last week to talk through, start to plan for these dinners. Uh, A few of them were sitting there and probably a little suspicious. As we started talking, come on, what's the catch? What's the deal here? I said, there's no catch. I said, there's no obligation. I said, but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the bottom line of this is my life and my family's life has been changed because of what God has done in our life. If, if there's a catch, it's this. We believe God makes a difference. And so we will always talk about that. And We will always give people an opportunity to connect to the same God that changed our lives. So if that's the catch and we get to feed some people along the way, then I think, and they're like, okay, okay, we're right with that. But they are so excited. They went away buzzing about the opportunity to partner with you, with us, in order to reach some of our most vulnerable families in our community. And I believe it's going to be a, a real break-open moment for us as a church, as we just welcome these amazing people into into our home. More, detail, more details of that to come. But our heart is that, we would be a church of financial freedom and would be able to leave a legacy. And so our homework, have a look at what you are sowing right now. What is it that you're able to sow? What is it you'd like to sow? I actually want to give an opportunity and I just I just felt led to do this. We've got some things coming up that are are really really quite exciting, <laughs> but it's going to take some money in order to do this. Yeah, we've got an incredible facility here, and, and because so many people have given over the years, have sown into this place. We've got this amazing facility. But we've got some problems in our kids' areas because it's not big enough. We're getting too many kids. And so we need to invest some money into changing our kids' spaces to expand our kids' spaces out a little bit. We also want to create a, um, a space for children who have um, just some, some special needs when it comes to uh, the, the space, the, the learning uh, their, their ability to learn and cognitive function and, and we want to create a safe space a learning space um, where, where some of the sensory the big loud noises that is often a part of kids, kids ministry we can take some of that out and just kind of bring the levels down the lighting the, just, just creating a, a, a space for, for kids we've, uh, we've seen this uh, works very successfully in some of our other campuses so we want to create a space here some of those children to be able to care for them and, and their families as well. So we've got these two spaces that we, we kind of need to develop and, and grow, which will also allow us to create a better parents' room where parents can watch the service but also have the ability to uh, to connect with, with one another, change their children, um, also checking in on the service as well. So I guess I want to say to those that maybe you're looking look, listen to this message and going, yeah, I've got that sorted. Tick, tick, tick. Where can I invest? Here's where you can invest. You can invest into the children's ministry. There's plenty of ways you can do it. You can come and have a conversation with with, with Cindy, one of the team there. You can have a chat with me, or if you want to give it anonymously, feel free to just pop it down in your giving as children's ministry. Write it down as children's ministry, and that money will go to developing those spaces there. I just felt like some people are saying, I need a kingdom project. Give me something to invest into. Maybe that is something for you. But this morning as we close, you know, one of the things that I've realized in my life is that we can't settle the stewardship issue until we've settled the lordship issue. We can't deal with our finances and and kind of make them come under God's will and His plan if we haven't yet surrendered our hearts to Him. And this morning, I, I want to give that invitation for anybody here today, anyone who's here, saying, my life isn't surrendered to God. I'm kind of living for myself. I've got problems and challenges in my life, and I don't know how to cope with them. I don't know how to deal with it, and I, 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 I need the wisdom of God. Well, the best and the only way that we can find that wisdom of God is to surrender our lives to Him. And I want to give that invitation for any person here today maybe for the very first time, or maybe surrendering, surrendering your heart back to God today. And we're going to pray a very simple prayer, asking God to forgive us for our sins, that sin that separates us from God. And Jesus came and He paid the price for our sin to give us eternal life, to give us a hope for our future. And this morning, I want to invite you to pray that prayer with me. We'll all pray it together. You pray this prayer and believe it in your heart. You receive the gift of salvation. Forgiveness for your sin. Freedom from your sin. And a new hope and a future in Jesus. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your love for me. Thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you sent Jesus. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. For my sin. You, paid you paid the price that I should have paid. Please forgive me me for my sin. sin. I turn from my old way of living living. and ask for your help help to live for you. you. Thank you for your gift of grace. grace. I receive it today. today. In In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.